good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever. And Sarah, we are back after a trip to Orlando. I trust that you and your entire entourage made it back safely from Orlando. We sure did. We, As some of you might have seen, we dressed up in cheesy Florida gear at the final party, but we have returned to normal life. Well, so listeners will remember we had big plans for VRMA. We had in mind to do a podcast. In, in fact, it was the root of the idea of Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. I'm not sure anybody out there is a marathon runner. I am. I've run many. But the seminal moment as a marathon runner is when you pay to register for a race and you put that date on a calendar and you go, New York Marathon, November 4th. And so that seminal moment for us is when you and I kind of prodded each other and we sent a proposal into VRMA that we would do a podcast at the VRMA National Conference. We got accepted, and it was much to our shock, and I remember me reaching out to you and you saying, well, I guess we're going to do it now. And so just as a marathon runner trains for 20 weeks or whatever, we trained for five podcasts to get ready for our big moment in Orlando. (laughs) It didn't record. The only session that didn't record, we had technical issues. I had that pit in my stomach. For when I think, Tim, you're a little bit of a perfectionist like me. Let me just say after the podcast, I had an inkling. And Sarah's looking at me going, what's wrong with you? You're acting weird. <laughs> I, I just, I really need to go and listen to this right now. <laughs> yeah, and I so. Tim was mad at me. I thought Tim was mad at me because I was popping my peas in the microphone at the live podcast. And I thought, why is he so mad at me? You know, I'm trying to do this. And then I asked him, and he quietly said, there's a chance it didn't record. And so we went into the evening not knowing. Vera May was so helpful trying to stay up late, looking at the computers, trying to find our audio recording. I instead got in my cheesy Florida gear with my crew, had fun, and the next day we got the the word. (laughs) It didn't record. And so with my awesome, incredible staff – that I was with at the airport, Amy said, well, let's just recreate it. Let's just write down every memory we have. Let's go. And we started writing it. And all of a sudden I thought, wait, wait a minute. VRMA said they'll send something out to everybody. They'll do whatever they need to do Mm -hmm. to make it right. So I called Tim and said, listen to this. And thankfully Tim's wife was, or soon to be wife was in Mm -hmm. the car listening to me because she liked my idea. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I said, Tim, why don't we ask Vera Mae to send an email out to everybody asking what their takeaway is. Then we could have 1,400 takeaways. So sometimes my, my big thought on this was in our industry, in our world of vacation rentals, things go wrong all the time. But you have to not have that pit in your stomach and think the world's ending, but think, how can I make this even better? So we're going to have this incredible podcast with takeaways from not just the people that showed up for our live podcast, but for everybody that attended the conference. That's right. But it was really good, just so everybody <laughs> knows. So there were 1,400 people at the VRMA conference in Orlando, which is amazing in its own. 450 new or first-time attendees. I think we had about, what, 700 in the, uh, in the session, somewhere in there? Probably 699. <laughs> okay, somewhere in there. But, no, we did, we did have a fairly full room. We gave out candy bars. That was good. And had a lot of great takeaways. It was really a good session. People were very it, generous with their sharing. It really was, Tim. And I have to say that if the virtual audience out there looks like what our in-the-flesh audience looks like, it's all of our competitors <laughs> and a few other people like our staff. Because yeah. that every single one of my competitors from Winter Park and Steamboat that was at the conference was in the room. And they gave great takeaways, too. So we can't wait to share those. Absolutely. We had several vendors in the room as well, which was nice as well. And then that was, it was a great cross-section of our industry. So that was, uh, that was all good. So that leads us to where we are now. We've rambled here for about five minutes to tell you what happened and what didn't happen. So what are we going to do, Sarah? So what we're going to do today is Tim luckily brought a recorder and a microphone through the conference and we interviewed a few key players at the VRMA conference and so we're going to play those th three recordings today really about the leadership of VRMA about where our industry is going I think you guys will enjoy this and then of course we'll give our commentary so today we have three of the recordings which is Mike Harrington, the incoming president of VRMA. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have Mike Copps, who heads up VRMA and runs the entire VRMA association. And then we will finish with Not So Hot Off the Press with Ben Edwards, who was a VRMA president, and he'll give his perspective on some interesting topics. Exactly. And in terms, I'm not sure we put a wrap on what we're going to do relative to the takeaways. Let's just make sure everybody's clear that tuning in going, wait a minute, what about our takeaways? What are we going to do with that? Oh, right. Thanks. So if you're listening, you still have time to turn in your takeaway. And we would love your takeaway to be what, what Tim said a few podcasts ago. What takeaway paid for your trip? That's what we want to know. And so you can turn that into by emailing us. You can find our email addresses in that VRMA email. But you also could go to C to Ski with Sarah and T dot com. Or you can go to Facebook. We have a lot of new likes on Facebook, C to Ski with Sarah and T. And just turn your takeaway in any way you want there, and we will put it together in our next podcast. Yep. So look for that in the next 10 days or so. We'll get that done. So back to Orlando. And Mike Harrington, we mentioned him before. Mike owns his own firm on Topsail Island down near Wilmington, North Carolina. And he got involved with the VRMA leadership probably five or six years ago now. I don't know the exact time. He is going to be our president. Actually, he was elected president at the VRMA conference. And so I had the opportunity to speak to him and ask him about why he got involved. You know, it's 
that that list never ends. There, there's probably two or three really major items that we've been in the process of working on and that we'd really like to see get through the end zone. Probably number one is going to be our, our data project. And you'll hear a lot more about this as we as we go. As an industry, as a professionally managed industry, we don't have any idea of the actual amount of reservations, bookings, collective industry data that, that we really need to help prove our case, right? So from a government re- regulation standpoint, from uh, a PR standpoint, from just an overall uh, vertical standpoint in the travel industry, we feel there's no better conduit than VRMA to, to be the, the holder of that data and to, to show people what our members do. This is one of the more important things that we can do as an association for our members. And this, this information, we're hoping we're going to give right back to them to, to arm our members with even more real-time information to, to be better in their markets to make better decisions, and as a third-party nonprofit, all we want to do is just continue to elevate the way that our members operate, and this is probably one of the, the key ways to do that. So. so we are actually talking at the Vacation Rental Managers Conference here in Orlando. Amazing. 1,400 people here, which I never thought I'd see. 450 day. new attendees, too, which is awesome. So that yeah. leads me right into my question. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest trend in our industry right now? You can see it. It's I would say it's distribution, it's technology, it's where in the world is this industry going? I think from a eyeball standpoint of getting guests, getting owners, and establishing our value as property managers, I think you're going to continue to see that trend and that theme played out throughout the next few years. Everybody's looking for that magic bullet. I'm going to get and tell you, there's not one. <laughs> it's someone told me a long time ago, you know, this industry is a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But having said that, you have to be pretty agile to stay relevant. And I think the trends of identity as a, as a professional manager, your brand, how are we going to continue that? How are we going to show people what we do and have people come by? It's, it, it's going to be tough. And, and we got to continue to you know, establish that value and make sure people have the tools to do that. Okay, and so we thank Mike for his time. He's obviously got a lot ahead of him as the leader of the Vacation Rental Management Association. Literally minutes before I talked to him, Vacasa announced that they had come through with $103 million in funding for future acquisitions and growth and what have you. What a different vibe the entire conference had for me with Major players, $103 million, seriously, in the vacation rental business? And then we had Airbnb and HomeAway. And just what was your thoughts about that? Tim, I couldn't agree more. This VRMA conference felt different than all the others. It felt there was urgency. There was excitement. There was some trepidation. There were big companies there. Airbnb finally really showed up for the first time. They had one of their founders, the two, one of the two founders, can't pronounce his last name, so I won't even try. Nathan. 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 (laughs) That's his first name. We'll just go with Nathan. So Nathan was there, and he presented the keynote. Funny side note, I have to just tell everybody about about his presentation. So he's amazing slides and how they're changing the world. And then he's in front of 1,400 people that he wants to convince to most likely put their properties on his site. And he announces that 
they give the money after they get, they still are the merchant of record, which they are, but they don't give the vacation rental company the money until after the guest departs. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, they don't. A year ago, they changed that and they give us our money before the guest arrives. So he just announced a really sensitive topic the wrong way to 1,400 people. So for everybody out there, and Nathan, if you're listening, you actually do it the way we want you to do it. So you just know, know how your business works. There was incredible energy, and I, I thought there was great conversations going on that you could feel kind of a, a positive tension in the air. I will give credit to our friend Andrew McConnell from the company Rented. He put out a piece on his site that I think VRMA picked up on this last week's uh, email blurb that they put out there. And he did a little uh, blog about his takeaways. I think its title was What We Learned at the VRMA Conference. And one of the things he mentioned was the fact that Nathan was there was newsworthy on its own. And then, of course, the content of his presentation. And then the other 800-pound gorilla also there, HomeAway, did sort of a tit-for-tat and so it was, uh, it, was, it was an interesting weekend, or week as the case may be, for sure. So speaking of feeling the vibe, and we talked about 1,400 people. Some of the jokes were uh, 1,400 people, but 1,200 of them are vendors. You know, there's, there was a lot of vendors at this, uh, this conference, which also goes back to the popularity of our industry night right now and how people want to be associated with us and software and locks and all kinds of stuff that are out there. And so we had the opportunity to talk to Mike Copps, who is the executive director of the Vacation Rental Management Association. And we asked him about the conference itself and the growth of the industry and the value proposition of VRMA. We're focused on education, we're focused on advocacy, and we're focused on sharing best practices. And you see all of that here. So this is kind of uh, everything coming together in one spot for a few days, but this is what we're trying to do 365 days of the year as well, is, is get that value proposition across. We have lots of programs and initiatives moving in that direction that we're really excited about. Some we've talked about here, some coming down the pipe. So you're going to see a lot more coming, a lot more value, and a lot more attendees. So speaking of value proposition, yes. I think a lot of our listeners wonder in their minds as they go to Vermont and, and go to different VRMA conferences and, and read different publications of yours, how do you balance all these vendors really supporting VRMA with their funds and paying a lot of money to be sponsors, yet most of your members are sometimes a little antagonistic to those vendors and also paying to be VRMA members. How do you ba make, you know, handle that balance? Well, so I've been in this role for almost two years now. And the first conversations I had with all of our core members and, and leaders was do not forget that this is an association built around vacation rental managers and management companies first and foremost. And I haven't, and the board has not, Ten of those 13 board members are vacation rental managers as they as they will be moving forward. All the strategic objectives are focused on vacation rental managers. All the content here is built to be value of value to those managers. There is supplier content you see there because of the proliferation of technology and utilization of all the tools you see in our exhibit hall, which is a big reason why people are here. But the main reason people are here is because other vacation rental managers are here. This is the association for them. So... It's a balance in that we have to provide value to those suppliers as well, but that value is access to the inventory managed by our core members. And the value that we're bringing as an association is focused on those core members and always will be. 
Thank you. So you're not selling out. Not selling out. Absolutely not. But I mean, at the same time, we do want to provide value and listen to them. And we put in some better listening mechanisms to work with that community and see how we can also share some of the, the great resources that they're making available and tools and resources with our members to help our members be better at their job. But it's not a promotional piece. It's part of the education of look what's out there. Here, here are your options. Go explore them. And, you know, you make, you make the call from there. But, but we're focused on the core. In terms of that, let me pick up on that and ask you a question. I'm always interested. First time people that are amazed. Somebody does the same thing I do somewhere else. Yeah. And then you have the old timers who are very advanced and I have my way I do it, and then you have the technology people. Sure. How do you balance all the needs of the attendees? Well, that's the benefit of having 50-plus educational breakout sessions. And with the general sessions, trying to find that balance is, is a little trickier, as you've seen. And sometimes we'll just have a general Disney motivational speaker around customer service. But as you've seen at this event, we wanted to get more focused specific on the industry. So we kept it kind of broad from the distribution component, where everyone has some, some stakes in the game regardless of who they're using or if they're not even using an OTA. So we tried to keep that messaging at a very high level. And then when you can really drill down based on experience level, based on tracks and all the 50 plus breakout sessions. And if you can't make it to them, because no one, it's humanly impossible, we record all of them as well, make them available on the website afterwards to attendees and members. So you can pick and choose your, your education. Other question I have for you, last one for me, is the industry itself. Again, couldn't have imagined 1,400 people there you talked about worldwide this organization is going now. Do we have a feel for what this industry is and what are you guys doing to get a feel for that? We have a vague feel, as most do, because there's a lack of really solid data and research out there. There are companies who are engaged in that space. There's companies like Focusrite who presented this morning that do great work there, but it's still not totally representative of our membership. And that's a real task for us as an association is to get our hands around that. We're an international trade association need to be thought leaders in this space and to be a thought leader you need to have some solid data and research behind what you're saying otherwise it's all anecdotal and subjective and no one cares so that's a really big focus for the board and for myself is to really quantify at a very macro level what the industry is where the industry is and that economic impact but also drill down to support our advocacy efforts at the local level and to support our members and business decisions and to enhance your, your operational efficiencies is to, is to provide data and research in that realm as well. So we need to get big picture, who are we and where, because other industries know that in this space, smaller scale, you, be better at your job. Looks like we got the right man for the job. Doing a fabulous job, Mike. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you being on the podcast as well. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast ever. So, yeah, I'm excited. Podcast ever button. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. So, Sarah, your biggest takeaway out of our discussion with Mike Cops? Well, that was all interesting. But the thing that really hit me was we are going to get the recordings of all of the breakout sessions at VRMA, which I know this sounds like I'm the biggest vacation rental dork in America, but I can't wait to sit and listen to them all because that's the whole problem at VRMA is you can't decide which one to go to. You look at the agenda and think, I want to go to all three of those, and then one is good, one's excellent, maybe one's not as good, and you pick the not as good, and you think, gosh, I didn't get all the good content from the great one. So I, I'm very pleased that VRMA is going to do that. Yes. You did your part, by the way. Bringing five people to the conference. Didn't you have five there? And even with five, you guys couldn't get to everything that you wanted to get to. That's amazing. So 
Good on yeah. you. But here's the thing, Tim. Do you know which one they won't be able to get to? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That's ours. It's special content that you have to come back here to get next week. Yeah. So there you go. So Mike alluded to the vendor balance with the vacation managers. The biggest thing I took away from the conference was this whole vibe of preparing yourself to be bought or to sell. I think from the main stage, the second day's keynote created a lot of buzz. And one of the takeaways there was, if you are not ready to compete, it may be a good time for you to look at selling your company. And I counted four different sessions during the two days I was there that spoke to growth of your company, buy another company, owner acquisition, think about merging with another company, cashing in, sell your company. And so gave us the opportunity to talk to a friend of ours, and that is Ben Edwards, who's a former president of the Vacation Rental Managers Association and a really interesting guy. I refer to him as the most interesting man in vacation rentals. And so Ben has a consulting firm. Um, Wait a minute. Go ahead. Tim Cafferty. Is the most interesting man in vacation rentals. I get to say that. You don't uh, that about Ben Edwards. Uh, yeah, well. Anyway, I had the opportunity to talk to Ben. Sarah was off doing something. And so I talked to him about this whole idea of buying and selling companies. And I think the way I teed up the first question was, what is the market like right now out there in the buying and selling of companies? Well, it's, it's frankly as hot as it, it was when, when you and I first met, right? So uh, in early 2000, I took a part-time job doing federal tax returns for Resort Quest and then immediately took a full-time job and then started working on acquisition candidates, targets, doing post-purchase price true-ups of recently acquired companies. You name it, I did it. And it was really hot because people had cash then, and it was an interesting business. Uh, then we went through a bit of the dot-com bubble, cash dried up a little bit. Now people are coming back around. And we've had every year that I've formalized the consulting company, we've had our best year ever. And quite quite honestly, I, 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 we're all over the place. I mean, we are closing stuff from the East Coast to Maui and everywhere in between. And um, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. As somebody who may be listening to this thinking about selling your company, what are some of the biggest pitfalls you see when you walk in the door? Somebody says, I want to sell. So the issues really crop up prior to we get to that, prior to that point, because they say, hey, I've been contacted and I gave this company or that company, you know, some information. And our first question is, do you have a non-disclosure agreement? And they say, well, what's that? Should I have gotten that? Well, absolutely. If somebody is out there trolling the market for businesses they're not buying the most astute businesses in, in a lot of cases. The most astute uh, or, or most, most well-put-together businesses and astute business owners. I mean, these are folks that are sharing information uh, without a non-disclosure agreement. And at they're, they're, that point, they're, they're almost half-baked, right? So we come in, we, we take a more formal approach, an approach that you're very familiar with back in our days at, at Resort Quest, and we put, put it on a professional process. We uh, initiate a non-disclosure agreement immediately with our clients. We review your financials. We we come up with an adjusted EBITDA figure. That's basically revenue minus cash expenses. We get to a, a number. We multiply that somewhere between four and five. 
The seller would agree to that. And then we put together a package. It's really a call for offers. And it's enough information really to elicit an offer. And then we, we, we take a rifle approach. We pick up the phone. I've called you a number of times, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we pick up the phone and we call a handful of people that we think would be good stewards of that business. You know, look, we understand money talks. But if a business blows up after closing, I don't need that karma in my life, right? I mean, I want good, solid transactions. We've done over 150 of these things in nearly 20 years. And thankfully, we've never had anybody sue anybody. There's been no shots fired, things like that. So we're, we're, in, we're in good shape. But once we disseminate that buyer's package, we generally get a number of offers. We review those offers, sign a letter of intent. And then we're off to the races. Then it's diligence, review purchase contract, and then on to closing. But if we don't pass go. We don't collect $200 unless we initiate a non-disclosure agreement. And when, frankly, somebody picks up the phone and calls you and says, oh, we've been admiring your business for years, Mr. Cafferty. We'd love to buy your business. The response is, well, look, everything I have is for sale. If you want to talk more seriously, then let's get a non-disclosure agreement. That's the response. Don't be coaxed into giving information over the phone like that sounds like a lengthy process. Is there an average time from start to finish? I would say 30 to, to 75 days, really depending on the complexity of the business. Uh, we've closed some stuff quick before, but you really have to have our team aligned, the attorneys aligned. If you think you're going to go to your local attorney and get him to sign off on a $2 million transaction quickly, that's not going to happen. Attorneys feel liability associated with these transactions. At the same time, they see dollar signs, right? They want to figure out how to get their hand in a $2 million transaction. So we we have a group of attorneys that we work with that know how to close deals quickly. We would suggest pulling in those advisors on a flat rate and incentivizes them to work quickly and just move forward under, under that, that process. So I heard today, Vacasa, which is one of the big players, right? $100 million in additional capital. Is that American money? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So is that the future of this industry, or do you still see smaller transactions going down? Of course it's the future of the industry. Find me somebody who doesn't think this industry is attractive. You and I have seen it for years and years and years. In fact, we've kind of been on the other side of it where folks think it's so attractive, it's so easy. All you have to do is pick up a few houses, pitch somebody some keys, they come back a week later, give the keys back, and that's all you have to do, right? Well, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. So I think, you know, folks are realizing that there's a consistent cash flow associated with this business, and that's attractive if managed reasonably, reasonably being the key, key word. I think folks are going to invest more and more money. But at the same time, I love being a small company in northwest Florida. I love being a small company in northern California. Uh, we we have no problem competing for homeowners. The, the bigger companies will tell you they produce more revenue. Not true. Uh, and we will provide a hell of a lot more service, and uh, we're fine competing in that regard. They're, they're soliciting our owners right now as we speak, but they are quantity models and we're quality models. Picasso's got a great business. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't discount them one bit. We just run two different, we're playing two different ball games. Okay, so those were the thoughts of Ben on buying and selling a company. And I think you had a thought about this whole trolling for companies things uh, that, that's going on out there right now, Sarah. Well, 
One used to call me a lot. So they probably call every couple months and say, hey, this is a different person from that company, new person that had joined on. Do you want to, do you want to sell? Nope. Still don't want to sell. Love what I do. Please. We're good. But come on, let's talk about it. No, 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 I'm not interested. Okay. So then they reverted to email. So then for a while I'd get emails from people I didn't know from these companies saying, are you interested in selling? And I thought, you're emailing me? You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, you're going to meet me at noon today. Hey, you want to sell your company? It was just so, seems so trivial. So just to be funny, I wrote back and said, yes, 20 million sold, three exclamation points. And instead of them writing back something funny back, they wrote, thank you, Sarah. We will take you off our mailing list. <laughs> okay, that's the trick. All right. I've heard from them since. Yeah. Well, one thing I alluded to before the Ben Edwards interview we didn't really bite on is the second day there was a, a keynote presentation, if you will, from the podium where vacation rentals were talked about in a panel discussion and the commoditization of vacation rentals was talked about. And I think Ben might allude to that a bit when he's talking about buying and selling of companies. But that was another big takeaway for me at the conference. A lot of talk, a lot of buzz about that. Is there a future for vacation rental managers? What were your thoughts on that? Well, that question of itself, for some reason, really fires me up. I can't believe we're even asking that question because I think there's such an important role for vacation rental managers like us in this industry. We're creating professionalism. We're creating great experiences. We're making people want to stay in vacation rentals again. So the word commodity, my, my dad worked in the steel industry. And I've said to my dad, how did you sell your steel over the other guy? And he said, well, it's really hard. We had a commodity. Our steel was exactly the same as the other steel. Mm. And that is not the business we're in, Tim. Do you agree? Uh, absolutely. I know we're going to get to this in the future, but Maureen Regan, our outgoing president, sent us a note that really hit on this, that the easy part is the reservations. The hard part is the additional stuff we do, the cleaning, the maintenance, the accounting, the security, the customer service, the face of the company, the image. That's, that is not a commodity, folks. That's branding. And there was some suggestion that, you know, you people worry too much about branding. You need to do this. I couldn't disagree more. Absolutely. I, you know, I did ask my dad, well, then how did you sell your steel? So let's talk about a true commodity business, which we are not. And he said, the way we got people to order our steel was relationships mm -hmm. and by knowing them and knowing who their kids are. And that, of course, is important, right? And that is what we talk about a lot. But everything else we do around vacation rentals is all not the same. It is not a commodity. So we need to be careful how we go down that slippery slope. It yeah. is a relationship business. And so. And Tim, I wanted to finish off with how we finished off our podcast live that you'll never hear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just want to say thank you to Dirk Johnson. If you guys are avid listeners, our faithful crew out there, and you listen to episode five about the face of the company. I had that idea. We should get t-shirts that say I'm not the face of the company. And so of course I did look into it and it was like $75 to rush order two t-shirts for Tim and I. And I decided we're not making money on doing this podcast. I'm not paying 150 bucks for t-shirts. And so at the end of the podcast, the live podcast, Dirk Johnson said, I need one minute. Just give me one minute. And he had made t-shirts for us 
with our podcast logo and then it says I'm not the face of my company and then he made a t-shirts t-shirts for us to bring to our maintenance crew that looked exactly the same but it said I am the face of my company so he just really really touched me with his the gift I mean it's it was such a sweet gesture for what we're doing here and I want to give him kudos he is the best and the VRHP conference is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in a week and a half. And it's in conjunction with VRM Intel, so you can go and see Dirk in person. I'll be wearing my T-shirt there. And I've given my I am the face of the company T-shirt to Jim, the maintenance guy, I was telling you about in Episode 5. And he was very proud. So it's uh, that was really a cool moment. He and uh, Joe Rafosco, the president of VRHP, were there to make presentation to us. So really cool stuff. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for sharing with back with us. It's, it's so important for us to hear from you. Great. We'll look forward to seeing them all next time. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Tim. Okay, so long, everybody.